Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. And despite our intro, where we do discuss that we, you know, we go into the art of video games, we've never actually dove into art games. And that is a whole nother genre, a whole subset of games that are just so interesting to you know, discuss, to watch, to play, that we have decided to finally do them. Go figure, right? It's been over a year and finally are doing art games despite the intro. But I find it incredibly difficult to try and define what an art game is. Mario Paint. And I was hoping, <laughs> exactly, right? I guess you could just say Microsoft Paint then. That was a great game. <laughs> but I was kind of hoping that you could maybe help me out with that and maybe help the audience out with understanding exactly what we're discussing here. Now, there are games that are very artistic in the way that they present themselves, right? Like you have your mm -hmm. Okamis, you have your Wind Waker that revolutionized cell shading, but we're talking about something a little bit different, right? So maybe you can help us out with that. So... This is going to be maybe a little series of a few episodes where we want to look at kind of, there's a certain set of games out there, well, not set, there's actually quite a lot, that are considered art house, or, you know, they won awards in different countries, or even are in the Smithsonian for being artistic and by artistic they don't just mean the looks they also mean like how is this innovative to the gaming world what has it done and what does it provide and like with today's episode we're kind of looking at games that are coming out soon for the most part like we'll, we'll still touch on some that have come out but we really want to focus on some games that could be the next art house game or at least look artistically very pretty and you know there will be an episode where we'll pick really really you know i don't want to say pretentious but you know <laughs> it's that kid that's at an art gallery and they're just sipping their wine looking at it and be like hmm you know like yeah. that kind of fancy like you need a we'll turtleneck to listen to it yeah exactly you know yeah. be a little beatnik like we'll, we'll save that for another time but for today's episode, we want to do more of like games that we find look good, could be innovative, and you know that it's something we want to focus on. And I, I mean, I find art in almost any game for the most part, even even the kind of crappy ones. You know, there's always something you can pick out of there that's like, oh, this is kind of different. Maybe that's why it flopped, but in a future game, it could be good. So right. for me, setting, it's a little time, hard because yeah. mm -hmm. I can find beauty in some in most games. But um, I know you had some good picks. Yeah, and actually, right before I go into a couple of the games, I want to mm -hmm. kind of discuss the idea of art house real quick. Um, art house has been a huge thing as far as uh, media is involved, right? Where in the whether it comes with a film or actually art itself, and I feel like these games that we will be discussing really push the boundaries of what games are. Um, and it does exactly what, you know, like the, like Gonzo style of writing from Hunter S. Thompson, um, like the art of Marcel Duchamp, like those kind of 
artists and writers, how they really pushed the boundaries itself. Or even you could say like Akira Kurosawa or like, you know, the movies like Eraserhead, those mm-hmm. kind of movies where are those kind of forms of media that really pushed the boundaries of what their media was or is. And I feel like these games or like are these more art style games is what we will be discussing today. So just really kind of like bring you into that kind of mentality here. Now, the games that I have listed, um, the first one I'm going to go over really quickly it, because we have discussed it in the past, but I feel like we we can't really discuss this topic without going into the game Grease or mm-hmm. Gree, um, as it should be called. <laughs> but <laughs> it is a fantastic little title. Um, it's a little platforming game. Uh, it's just gorgeous. It's a uh, watercolor, hand drawn. Uh, the world, like as you're progressing through the world and you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with loss, and you're bringing color back into this person's world. Everything about this game was just gorgeous to watch. Uh, from her getting her voice back, finally being able to sing, uh, using her dress as like a safety net or security blanket, and it helping her be able to, you know, progress through the platforming. It was just so well done. And I think what's fantastic about this title is that like it's it's not just using art for art's sake, right? It's using the art in a thematic way that enhances the gameplay itself too. And it tells a story without having to express it in words, which some of my favorite games are like that, right? With your journey and, you know, things like that. Where in Shadow Colossus, it does have some narrative, but, you know, most of it you could play without having any narrative at all and you would still get the point, right? And, like, that's what Gree does. It gives you an amazing story in a short amount of time, or relatively short, and it does it in a very beautiful way. And I, yeah, I, I absolutely love this game from start to finish. I couldn't put it down whenever I first started it. But I just wanted to dive in more to this world. It felt like I was staring at, like, a painting at a museum, and I just wanted to explore every bit of it. It was, it was fantastic. Love this I agree. Game. I, uh, sorry. I remember when we uh, played it for an episode, and I was blown away by it because like you said it really does feel like you're just diving into a painting like (laughs) nothing about that game looks gamey right like it just seems like you're running on a work of art like it's crazy how much that kind of style has i guess evolved Mm -hmm. you know when you look at early watercolor kind of games like or hand painted games, they they still at times kind of look like a game in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But this just seems so different and stands out so well that it it not only looks beautiful, but it tells the story so well just with the art that to me, like if there was like a criterion collection for games or, you know, when they when they look back from the future, like, oh man, what was a game that was just the beauty of it could stand like in a museum? I really think this would be one of my picks. Mm-hmm. You know, Same. it's a short game, but it tells a very strong story with almost no words, but by the actions and the colors and everything, it's just game really surprised me. 
And I, I wasn't going in expecting anything like that. And I left sad because of the story, but I also left really blown away, which is rare for games for me. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that this game almost, it was only made by a chance meeting, which this is actually pretty interesting as far as the background story to the studio. So it was made by Nomada Studio, which is a Barcelona based company. And it, it's actually pretty crazy because it was um, is a chance meeting between two Ubisoft employees, uh, mm-hmm. Roger Mendoza and Adrian um, Cuevas, who's an artist, uh, and the artist uh, Conrad Rosette. So what's crazy is apparently Cuevas was uh, moving to Ubisoft Montreal to work on Rainbow Six Siege. And then he ran into these two other guys. They wanted to make a game similar to Journey or Ori in the Blind Forest. And they decided to just kind of work on this on the side while they were doing Rainbow Six Siege. And they made this amazing, beautiful game. It, it's really cool to hear that like uh, such an impactful studio uh, or an impactful game was made out of a chance meeting. And it just it shows to you that like despite the people who are working or despite the games that are coming out, like Rainbow Six Siege is a gorgeous game. Like it looks great, but it's a triple A title, right? Mm-hmm. Its goal is to make money, right? And you have such brilliant artists who have such a great vision. They just don't have the tools to tell the story. And I think this is one of those games that really showed us that it is possible to do it right and every one of these designers out here are artists whether they're telling a story with a brush stroke or a keystroke right like they're they're creating art and making something impactful and that's exactly what this is so like kudos to nomada studio like they did great so this other game i want to talk about is another also like painting style game and it is not out yet it's coming out soon um, it's apparently it's going to get a release in 2022, so this year. Um, but it, it mm. is uh, Dordogne. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Now this it looks is, like you're right. Right. <laughs> it is a watercolor adventure game, and it's uh, developed by a uh, French developer, uh, Unge Nessais Qua, and animation company uh, Umanimation. So it's a puzzle adventure game that tells an emotional slice of life childhood story brought to life with handcrafted watercolor visuals. Now, this game looks absolutely gorgeous and I love it. It basically looks like you're playing a children's book, right? And it just mm-hmm. it looks fantastic. And I, I can't wait to actually get my hands on this thing. And it really like it brings me back to the days of like going to the library and renting those like you know, national international film festival, like movies, like the animations Mm -hmm. and like watching those because it it feels just like that where it's like broadening on a style that is like, just doesn't feel like it fits with what we are like familiarized with, but it does it in such a well and amazing way that I'm just so excited to actually play through this title. Looking at it, it, kind of reminds me of Gree in the sense that it doesn't look like a game you know if you left these pictures just like i'm look even at the steam page you know anyway it looks at it you look at the images and aside from maybe one of the images it doesn't look like a game at all mm-hmm. it just looks like a bunch of slides of art you yeah. know like this one i remember you telling me about a while ago 
And I was like, this game looks crazy. And I mean, it really does. Like, I would love more games to look like this because it's so different. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the art is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. And while you're playing the game, so like in some of the trailers so far that we've seen, you're exploring the French countryside and you're able to take Polaroids while you're traveling around walking there, right? And you're making a little scrapbook, but you also have like a voice recorder that you can record the sounds of the towns, which I think is amazing. And it reminds me of a story of um, for Nintendo and how Legend of Zelda was originally inspired or what brought it about. And it was from them exploring the woods in Kyoto and actually mm-hmm. and exploring the woods and the shrines out there and like getting a, a, like, you know, just seeing what's out there, seeing like the monuments, the the statues covered in moss and exploring these like, you know, what look like fantastical worlds. And like this game really feels like you're getting that style inspiration, right? Like you're it's like inspiration in the game almost. And it's very, very interesting. And I guess like you write poetry in your scrapbook as you're exploring um, by like gathering different materials and all that, like dandelions and twigs and flowers. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away every time I see something else from this title. All right. So this game, gosh, okay. This title... <laughs> I've been following this title for a very, very long time. So the first time that I saw a clip of this next game, I was actually taking my very first gaming class. I was um, working in Unreal, and I was trying to figure out how to make a tunnel system. Uh, We were making a cave, and I wanted to find out an easy way to make tunnels instead of placing, you know, one rock at a time. And I was really trying to figure out a way to kind of speed up that process by creating a tube that I can just elongate, stretch, move, turn, and just kind of create this crazy tunnel system and then just cover it with rocks afterwards, right? To get the illusion of it being in a cave. And I came across this Twitter post where it showed a building and then it had like uh, rain gutters that this person had made that were like procedurally doing exactly what I wanted to do. And he was able to move the rain gutters however he wanted up the side of the building. And then they instantly, like he had them set up to be collision meshes so you can have your character jump and move across them right away. And I was blown away by just the basic concept of it. And then whenever he hit play on the game, turns out the main character was a cat <laughs> and the cat was able to jump around the gutters and the and like the platforms and everything that he had just done and he made exactly what I was trying to create in my mind and that game is called Stray now a lot of people probably know about this game because it's you know it got picked up and it's actually coming out this year uh and it just looks fantastic the amount of things that have changed in this title from when I first saw it it's just insane to me. Uh, but now, oh gosh, like I cannot wait to play this title. The atmosphere of this game looks fantastic. Now, I mean, yes, of course, I'm biased. It's cats. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that if you put any other character in this game, it would still be impactful, right? Like if you even mm-hmm. just played as one of the little robots that are in this world, it would still be impactful. But I like the fact that you're playing as just an animal 
like, you know, exploring this world and trying to figure out exactly what happened. Like, what what's going on? Like, there's so many shots now that you see of, like, graffiti on the walls that say, like, rest in peace humans. When these robots who are living, like, what you would consider humanistic lives. Like, you have homeless robots. You have barbers. You, like, people just, you know, waiting for the trolley. They're wearing clothes. And, you know, like, it really feels like it speaks to how we are nowadays, where people have said that they feel very robotic in their day-to-day lives. It's very, like, routine-heavy. We do the same things over and over again. And being able to explore that kind of world as a animal and a cat that can virtually go anywhere, because, you know, straight cats do that. They go everywhere, is just mm. amazing to me. And I cannot wait. This is definitely going to be one that I pick up right away. <laughs> like This game looks fantastic. And like I said, I, I think I think it was in like 2015 that wow. I first saw that clip on Twitter and instantly followed that company. It was a French indie company. It literally had two people. That's it. Like they had just started it and just were posting random videos on Twitter. And then they finally got picked up and noticed and you know now what is this like six years later they actually have like a working title before it wasn't even a working title it was just the address of like their area right it was just like the number to the address it was like 14 something it was was, yeah i think it was called like project 1401 or it was something random like that and I, yeah, I'm so excited at, when I saw that there's a title to it, that there's actually, you know, a, a world that they fully fleshed out from this amazing, like, I'm telling you, when I first found that mechanic, I was blown away because it was exactly what I wanted. And what I was thinking would be like crazy revolutionary. Of course, somebody did it already, but like, and it was literally a like 20 second Twitter video with no dialogue, no text explaining what's going on. It was just a little tech demo. And it worked. Like, it caught people's attention. And now we have Stray coming out soon. Ah, So excited. That game has been, like... At first, I was like, eh, this is kind of cool, you know? Like, I, I mean, I do like cats, you know? But... I was like, I don't know how deep they're going to make this, right? And I didn't realize it had been around that long. And seeing the last trailer that just came out, I'm like, okay, this actually looks really cool. You know, like, there's a lot of mechanics in this that I'm like, it seems like it could be like an, I don't want to say the new way to play an animal in the game, but it's like. It's a realistic way of playing an animal, right? It is. You I know, think that's you what's amazing think about, about any it. other animal game. Like, it, it never really feels realistic. No, like this, you actually feel like you're a cat. Like, actually exploring this area. And, yeah. I mean, it's from Annapurna, which, you know, most of the games are artsy. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I look at Annapurna, I think of, like, uh, what's that big indie movie? A24. Like... You you know you're gonna get a banger. There's maybe one or two that you're like, eh, could have been better. But right. majority of the stuff that comes out is kind of thought provoking, pretty, and just a good time, you know. And 
for me, I've never really been burned by their games. I always enjoy their games. Um, Mm -hmm. This whole kind of art style kind of game, when they were first getting big, I didn't understand the appeal because, I mean, Stray's a little different, but a lot of the other ones, you know, they're they're walking simulators, you know, they, they're pretty and they do tell a little story, but I was always like, man, how do people like these games? You know, you look mm. at Gone Home, you look at all these and you're like, damn, this is kind of boring. I mean, obviously now I can actually really dive into it and understand them better. And, you know, when I think of like a game like Stray, I'm like, this is cool because, I mean, it, you're still running around. But there's so many little interesting things they're throwing in there that you interact with the world. And it's like a cyberpunk setting, but as an animal, which, yeah. you know, hasn't been done, which, which is freaking awesome. Like, I'm excited about it. And I guess it's coming out in a few months. So Yeah. And it's crazy to think, like, if you look at cyberpunk, right, that game was supposed to be this epic title that blew us mm-hmm. away and it, com- it failed. Like, you know, you can't deny that that game failed on us. But then you yeah. look at this game that does a kind of cyberpunky setting, but it it actually makes it feel real, which is exactly what cyborg, or cyberpunk was trying to accomplish. But something yeah. as simple as this is actually accomplishing that. Like, I can feel how lived in this space is. And, like, even just every room that they go into, all the environments, even like looking at the couches and like you can actually walk up to a couch and scratch the couch. Like, come on, that's cool. Uh, but, <laughs> but like it's, it's those little like nuances. It, it's just pretty fantastic. And like the, the robots who are just kind of sitting there that seem kind of spaced out, right? And like kind of going about their lives in a really mundane way will interact with the animal like as you would if a cat came up to you, you know? Like they might just kind of keep going with the conversation but lean over and kind of like pat you real quick. But like there seems to be like some major exploration to this as well, which is really cool. And from Mm -hmm. what I've seen, it looks like you're the only living thing left which is really interesting. Like even the mice that you interact with in like the sewers seem robotic. So it's, I'm very curious to see like what's really going on here. So I'm really excited for this title as you can tell. (laughs) Yeah. I, I need more games for the PS five and that's definitely one that I want to see the beauty of. Um, for me, there's a game, well, it's from a company, and I'll kind of go into their company uh, kind of quickly, but they are called Amanita Games. <laughs> they focus mostly on point-and-click games, and their kind of their first title was called Samorost, <laughs> which takes place in space. And you're like a little gnome. And when you look at the imagery for... There's three games. Uh, and they all kind of look similar. They all have this micro world look to them. And these games always stood out to me. Like, for me, point and click games, like, I love the idea behind them. Because it's, you know, a playable book to an extent. <laughs> but my patience with them is usually not the best. Uh, 
when I played Samaros, and I've played one or two other games from them, which I'll get to, it it felt more. What do you call it? Not not invigorating. I can't even think of the word where it's more like not inviting, but it it made me want to play it because it it was interactive mm. and. Basically, with this game, it's interesting because they used objects they found in the wild. So, uh, they're based in uh, the Czech Republic, and they would just go, like, in a forest. You know, they would see weird roots of vegetables, you know, weird machines or parts from, like, abandoned areas or just random objects around the garden. And they would kind of use those random objects in the game. Uh, just shrunk down. Hmm. So there's random times you'll see where you're riding in, like your spaceship will be like a little like soda can or something like that. And this game was always really cute to me. And I think their biggest game was the one that made me realize like how good they are at their art and it's mechanarium. Uh, it's uh, another point and click, but if you guys haven't seen oh, the way it looks little like steampunk pot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the art in that is like to me some of the best, especially of the genre. Like it I I know there's an artist or two out there that are like really well known for that style, like that look. I can't think of the name, but when you look at it you're like, "Oh shit, like it just looks cool, at least to me. And I think that is their highest selling game and the one that they're kind of known for. But mm. that that game is actually what really got me back into point and click games. Uh, before that, my only really experience was Laser Shoot. Laser Shoot. Wow, I can't say shit. <laughs> um, Laser Shoot Larry and like some of the Lucas art like games from back in the day right but and then they also had Churchill. i think that's how you say it uh weird little fuzzy dude and samuros 3 to me just has a very interesting look and appeal to it and i mean if you aren't into point and click games you could kind of look at it more as a puzzle game because there's actually quite a bit of puzzles in it and they're all pretty simple but when I look at kind of like innovative looks or art, I think that whatever they're doing in these point and click games, they're doing well because most of their games either have this style or very defined like drawing style. And I don't know. I'm, I kind of like how their stuff looks, you know? Right. Right. Totally agree. Another game that, I want to talk about real quick that I think is really different, interesting, and also very beautiful and relaxing. This game called East Shade, mm. uh, like East Shade. I know my my voice kind of my pronunciation kind of screwed that up, but um, it's a very interesting game. You're a, a traveling painter, and basically you're exploring the world, and you go through these settings. Um, all different kinds. You know, you go through the mountains, you go through the city, you go through caves, beach, everything. And basically, you just paint. 
you you paint that setting and it's interesting because you just kind of take your time with it there's no like overarching story it's just explore capture the beauty of the planet around you mingle with like other npcs it's it's very pretty and i think very different um i don't know if this kind of game would appeal to a lot of people but it's definitely one that's kind of stood out to me the past few years and like i i've tried a little bit of it but i mean for me i I play a game for like 10 minutes and then I need to jump to something else sometimes. Mm. And this is one I definitely want to go back to just because it is very relaxing and different. I I don't think I've ever played anything like it. I'm finding a common trend between these games, which I find really interesting. And after Mm -hmm. you brought up that last one too, that a lot of these more art style games, right? not just artistically beautiful games, but like art games like we're discussing, they're Mm -hmm. more of a exploration of the idea of um, escapism at its wholest, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where it's not that you're escaping to a world to conquer some bad evil. You're not escaping to, you know, go on these crazy quests or, you know, complete different missions or, uh, you know, there's no goal in place. It's just pure escapism for escapism's sake, right? Like you're, you're actually exploring the world that is given to you. And some of these games can be incredibly short, right? Um, Some of them could be like a five minute exploration into a certain kind of mechanic or an art style or a way of storytelling. But all of them have the same overarching like tempo to them of it just being escapism into a new world where you are just freely able to explore. Like Dordogne for sure is one that you are just exploring the French countryside. You can do that multiple times and have different outcomes every time, right? At least from the idea of it. Like Stray, you're exploring this abandoned world. And sure, like you can find out what's going on by completing, you know, just exploring and chatting people up and seeing where the hidden things are and kind of piecemeal the story together. At least that's what it appears. We'll know when it comes out. But even like these point and click games, like your Miss or the Mechanarium, right? Like it's a world that you're put into that you are freely able to explore and escape into. So I find that really interesting now that like kind of thinking about it. No, you're right. It you, something that is in common with that. There's never like some big bad boss. Like it really is like the different kind of escapism. I never really put it together, but it's emotional escapism. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a different feeling, you know, when I'm looking at it, but it, it makes sense. I mean, that's kind of art in general. You know, you look mm-hmm. at a work of art and you kind of escape into the world of that painting or drawing, but yeah. there's no like big boss you're fighting in that canvas, you know, it's, it's interesting. I never really looked at these kind of games like that. Yeah, you're not looking for like the hidden message in a Monet painting. You're just appreciating seeing things from the viewpoint of him as he's going through his his d- disease, you know? Like it's it's very gorgeous to think about it that way. And I actually am I, I really appreciated art games before, but now I feel like I'm appreciating them more as this conversation continues, which I think is yeah. kind of funny. 
So it's it's really cool. And I'm excited to see what other games come out. And I know that the art style games have a very rich history. And some of the titles, I would say, are a little bit more exploratory as to maybe not so much emotional uh, connection, but rather like like almost some of them are kind of visceral, you know? Mm-hmm. But I guess that's art in general, too. Uh, it's just uh, like you can either have an emotional painting or a very visceral in your face style painting. So it just kind of depends. And like looking at art games from the past, like they had only certain amount of, let's say, you know, paint or colors to choose from, you know, where they're, right. you know, physically, yes, colors, but also like the way in which to interpret the story with like the graphics that were available to them at that time. But now that we have such robust engines, they're able to create these hand-drawn, beautiful like sceneries. We're able to get more of that like actual emotional connection behind them, which I find really interesting. So, it yeah, it's kind of funny, weird. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode as we actually dove into the art of games and more specifically art house games or art games as a genre. So we hope you guys appreciated this uh, and we will talk to you all next week with the next set of games and next set of interesting ideas behind them. I don't know. I'm just going to end it there. All right. (laughs) Bye for now. (laughs) Bye.